Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where I interview guests about their crazy, unique occupations or life experiences. I'm your host, Leslie Fear. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today I'm joined with Annie Weebs, and she is the host of Serial Spirits Podcast, one of my favorites, by the way. And she also happens to be a paranormal investigator, and I cannot wait to talk to her about what she does. So welcome to the show, Annie. Thank you for having me. It is always an honor. You know that I love your podcast. As a podcaster, I feel like it makes us a little more picky about what we listen to. Yours is always my Monday morning go-to. So I'm so honored to be on here. You have a great podcast and uh, I'm excited to talk. Thank you so much, girl. I love doing it. And um, I love talking to people like you. And I haven't had any paranormal investigators on in a while. And I'm kicking myself because I could have had you on way before now. But I've got you now. So let's talk about what got you into this. Okay, so I've always been the creepy kid, right? (laughs) There was always one in every class growing up. I was always fascinated with the paranormal and unsolved mysteries. My weekly dates with Robert Stack and his trench coat were like, that was the epitome of TV for me growing up. So I've always had this bizarre fascination. I always knew that somehow it was going to play a factor in my life. I just didn't know how or when or why, I guess. And so growing up, I read a lot of books about the paranormal, which growing up in Southern West Virginia in our library, you know, that sack was short, right? (laughs) So I read a lot of books, uh, watched any of the shows that I could and just dove into it as much as I could. I wanted to learn. I wanted to know. I wanted to find out why I was so kind of obsessed with this growing up. I didn't have my first real paranormal experience until I was, I would say, 17. And that was at the passing of my paternal grandfather. That kind of started a lineage of me having these experiences with all four deaths of my grandparents, variations of those experiences. Mm. And in between there, I met up in around 2009 with one of my best friends, Sam, who we were working together at uh, at a hospital. And he was part of a paranormal team here in West Virginia. They were the only paranormal team that I knew. Mm. I had no concept of how being on a paranormal team even worked. They invited me to one investigation at a local house that's literally 15 minutes from where I live that was a stop on the Underground Railroad. Wow. And I got my very first EVP, the best, still to this day. Really? The very best EVP I have ever gotten. And I was hooked (laughs) from that moment on. So it's been this lifelong fascination and then peppered with my own experiences growing up made me a fast and furious believer in all of this. Well, that sounds, first of all, so cool. I would love to go on a paranormal investigation. Don't get me wrong. I might be a little nervous, not gonna lie. But if I went on one like with you and Shay, your husband, I would be like all over it because I know you take care of me and I know you'd be like, oh, don't worry about that. That's just not even what you think it is. Or maybe it is. And you probably mess with me a lot, but uh, that's okay because we're friends. It's okay. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, we love doing, when we started doing paranormal investigations, our group would allow people to come into some of these public places. Oh, okay that we were investigating. And those were always some of my favorite experiences. 
we're seeing people who maybe had never had those experiences before or were a little more skeptical come in and have those first experiences and to see their eyes kind of light up or get really scared or just get really fascinated and become passionate about it like we did. So if you ever want to go anywhere, name a place, we'll go. I won't scare you, I promise, because we <laughs> we don't treat it like a haunted house. Right, yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, it's yeah. it's our passion. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. And let's talk about ghosts because, and I told you before we started recording, I was like, I'm going to ask you some questions about ghosts because, and I ask a lot of the psychic people that too. I'm like, okay, so what is your take on why someone would want to stick around or visit whatever you think the case may be when you investigate? And you get that much more insight feeling because you do this and you live it when you go. So tell me what you think about ghosts and why they're here and all the things. When I look at ghosts, I think there are different facets of what brings that into play, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at it from a scientific standpoint, Sir Isaac Newton said that energy is never created or destroyed. It just changes form, right? Right. It's one of the first things that you learn in science class as a kid. And my career is based in science. I'm, I'm in the medical field. And always have been. And so I like going in with that approach that what we are experiencing to some degree is energy of something that has been here in a natural form, right? Right. So that could be a person, that could be an animal, Mm -hmm. that could be the ground that you're walking on, right? It all carries an energy footprint because that energy never leaves. It's just swirling here. And at some point it's going to be picked back up by something else. So when we experience a haunting, we look at all the different facets that come into play, but really going back to the beginning of energy and how it got here to begin with. Now, a lot of people go back. I was raised in a very Southern Baptist home, right? right? And so growing up, when I say that I was passionate about this, that's not something that my family shared. It's not even something that we really talked about. Sure, sure. So a lot of that gets very jumbled in a lot of different religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. I would never tell anyone that their specific religious belief is wrong. I think you can believe exactly how you want to believe or don't believe anything at all. Right. And real quick on that, that's my whole thing. To me, if you believe in whatever you believe, you don't believe in whatever you believe, I think that is a right. And I think it is probably a path that you needed to take. I think that's great. And if it serves you, fantastic. But I do think that has an impact on people that might be stuck here. Ghosts. What do you think about that? I don't know. Okay. So if you're going into a paranormal investigation, we tend to separate energies into two very basic categories. Looking back at it now, as I've studied some other things, I don't know how much I believe in these two very separate facets. And that would be either a residual haunt, which is just the energy of something that is replaying over and over and over again, almost like a record player. Think about if someone lived in a house for 50 years, Mm -hmm. And that house has a set of stairs in it. How many times has that person used their energy to walk up and down the stairs, right? So you're leaving an energy footprint behind there. So let's say that person dies and somebody else moves in that house and they're experiencing that walking up and down the stairs. 
that's more what we would consider a residual haunt. It's that energy of whatever is left behind. On the flip side of that, you have got what we would consider an intelligent haunt. And that is something that has the ability to interact with you. So if we go into a location and we ask a question and get a direct response from an EVP or an electronic voice phenomena, Mm -hmm. that's what you would consider more intelligent. Now, when you're talking about intelligent haunts, I feel like the lines become very blurred because then do you say, well, is that somebody whose soul or spirit is stuck here? How are they seeing you in this time period? I I don't have an answer for that. I don't think I'll ever have an answer for that. And Uh, being in so many of these locations over the years, I feel like there are very different timelines that may Mm. all play out at the same time. I do not believe that time is linear. Oh, no. And so, right. So if you're looking at things like space-time continuum, then who's to say that we're not on the same level just in a different playing field, right? Right. So if we're getting an intelligent response from something, which I've gotten many times over the years, I don't necessarily believe that it's all oh, the damned soul of someone who's right. stuck here because they had a horrible experience in life, right? right, right. I'm not saying that that couldn't be it, but who's saying that we can't converse from different timelines and kind of still be on the same level, different playing field. No, absolutely. And I do think it's a frequency thing as well. But I also think that some people are afraid maybe to go in the light because maybe they did do some things that they are not proud of. And, you know, and they might not necessarily get stuck. I think eventually they can, it's free will, go wherever they want. I also think they just visit and maybe you get a VPs from people just visiting back to the, they love the house or they love the museum or whatever you're investigating. And they're just, talking to you because they can come and go as they please. Right. And I agree with that too, because, you know, the soul is not, or our energy, it's not bound to anything there. Right. So who's to say that once our being leaves here and goes wherever it is going to go, Mm -hmm. why couldn't I travel back to a place that I loved so much? I fully believe that. The concept of heaven and hell to me is kind of very blurred, becomes more blurred, I think, with age and the more that that we talk about this and you have people in your life who pass and then you have experiences with those people, right? right? I don't believe that necessarily once we leave here, we're bound to go to one or the other. No. Why can't we go to those timelines and those places that we loved so much or that we expended a lot of that energy at, right? Maybe it's not such a great place. Maybe it's a hospital or maybe it's Mm -hmm. a prison. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just that repetitive factor of these people don't necessarily know where to go. I've known and worked with a lot of psychics over the years and each time you'd get a little different variation But that's part of what makes it very beautiful is that I feel like it's all very individualized. At some point, paranormal investigating goes beyond just sitting in a haunted house waiting for something to happen. It becomes your interpretation and what you're going to make of this life and what life is beyond this. Great explanation. That's fantastic. And that's easy to grasp over. We can't explain everything. But I do think a lot of things are possible we don't know about. So, yeah, yeah. What I was going to ask you, 
So let's talk about some of these investigations because I'm so excited. I just listened to your most recent podcast about the opera house you guys were in where they filmed part of The Walking Dead. Oh gosh, the Ross Opera House, Cynthia, Kentucky. Yes. And I was just glued to my phone because I was listening to it and I didn't get to hear the whole thing. But wow, you guys picked up some things. So, and we don't have to talk about that specific. I was just going to ask because, you know, we only have so much time on here. Tell me what investigation, new or something you've done way in the past, whatever, that affected you the most? Was it a child's voice? Was it um, just the feeling you got in the house or wherever you were? Tell me which one impacted you and, and why. The most impactful paranormal investigation, hands down, that I've ever been on was at a place called Lake Shawnee Amusement Park in Rock, West Virginia. Lake Shawnee is not a building. There is nothing there to investigate but the land. Oh, wow. But the land itself has seen such a history, both Mm. beautiful and otherwise, Mm that it has absorbed this energy over the years. I first saw Lake Shawnee on a show on the Travel Channel, and they had talked to the uh, owner at the time, who's now deceased. And so I reached out to the current owner, who is that owner's son, Mm. and asked if we could come investigate. And he said, absolutely, but be prepared because there's nowhere here to stay. You're welcome to camp on the property. And so we went out there literally with our tents and our oh air mattresses gosh. and all of our equipment, oh my not knowing what to expect. <laughs> the Right. The only thing that makes you even know where Lake Shawnee sits on the map is because the old Ferris wheel mm. and the old metal swings still sit on the property with the man-made lake that is Lake Shawnee. Wow. That's not creepy at all, is it? Well, the history behind it. So let's go there for just a hot second because you have to know this to be able to understand why this was so freaky. All the way back in the late 1700s, there was a very bloody battle on the property that is now Lake Shawnee between the Shawnee Native American tribe Mm -hmm. and the first English settlers that were there. The first English settlers were the Clay family. And many of the children from the Clay family were killed on the property and are supposedly still buried on the property. Oh, my goodness. It became an amusement park in the 1920s. There were several deaths that happened around that. And then in the 1980s, the current owner's father collects this property, decides that he's going to make a fairground out of it. And when he starts digging a mud pit for a tractor pull, Mm. digs into a Native American burial ground. Oh, no, no. Sure did. So the uh, the anthropology department at my alma mater, Marshall University, which is here in Huntington, yeah. goes down there to excavate the remainder of the site. And they determine that it's mostly the remains of elderly and young. And so they feel like there was probably a plague of so- some sort that came through, right. took out the majority of this tribe, and they were buried in this mound. There are so many claims that happen there. But what happened to us that night We had been there all day. It was a beautiful day. And it was almost like when it got dark, the spirit of the land changed. And the only way to describe it was like you were being watched. And as we're setting up a camera that points, there's one little country road that runs the length of the property. Mm -hmm. We're setting up one of our stationary cameras to point across this field in the direction of the road. And another investigator, his name was Lonnie, was with me. 
And we're standing there kind of panning back and forth from one end of the road to the next. And all of a sudden, Lonnie says, where did that guy just come from? Uh Uh-oh. And I look over, and there's a man walking on the road. He's very tall and thin. He's wearing light-colored clothing, and it's almost dark. He's not wearing anything reflective. Okay. And I couldn't tell any facial features, but hes I can tell enough about him that he's got his arms crossed over his chest. And his head's kind of tucked down toward his chin, and he's walking really briskly. Oh, my gosh. And I said, I don't know, but he's going to get hit on this road because it's a little dangerous. Yeah. And we just become fixated on this man, and we're just watching him walk. And as we watch him walk, a car comes up flying behind him. The headlights completely illuminate him, and they fly right past him without even acknowledging. Lonnie and I literally jumped back, thinking this guy was yeah. he was going to be hit on the road here. And he said again, what is this guy doing? Right. We're continuing to watch. There's this big kind of cluster of trees on the road. Mm-hmm. And as the car passes, this man takes probably another four or five long strides walks behind the trees, and doesn't reemerge. We think it's somebody messing with us, right? Yeah, because they know you're investigating. We take off running across the property, and I'm literally screaming, this is private property, and we're calling the police. Oh, my God. Lonnie and I get up to, we kind of flank that cluster of trees. He goes to one side, I go to the other. We come around at the same time, and there's nobody there. This this guy was fully, like, real. He was not just some see-through, weird... He was totally, completely solid, right? This was the epitome of a full-bodied apparition. Oh, my gosh. As, as a paranormal investigator, and what kicked it was that Lonnie and I saw the exact same thing. We chased this guy across the property. There was nowhere for him to go. There's nothing out right. there. We walked the fence line. There was no ditch. There was no hiding area. There were no houses. There were no cars that he could have jumped into. This guy literally vanished right in front of us. Wow. That literally set off a night that was just absolutely incredible. I've had the chance to go back there on three separate occasions, I think, since then to do some shows with the Travel Channel and tell that story. And so anytime anybody ever asked me about the most profound paranormal experience. That's what every paranormal investigator wants to see. And it happened. And I literally sat in that field for almost an hour, just thinking, where do I go from here? Yeah. You just got the Oscar, right? I mean, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. How do I top that? Number one, our cameras weren't running. So you're kicking yourself, right? Right. But it was just this moment of Lonnie was really shaken. And it was one of those nights that we had to collect ourselves and step back and say, this is not what we expected. And it wasn't. The place has, I feel like, some pretty deep elemental energy Mm. that is probably attached to the Native Americans who made it their home and, and are still buried there. Right, right. And what is your definition of an elemental, like in your views? An elemental is something that is of the elements. Okay. Right? right. So earth, air, fire, water are the four major elements. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at it from almost like a green witching perspective. Right. right. And I believe that these are something that probably when the Native Americans were there, the Native American culture is so beautiful. It, it is. I agree with you. It's absolutely I, I beautiful. I feel like we could learn so yes. much 
from their reverence of nature and mm. everything that is given to us from nature. Mm. You know, we're, we're so quick to just take, take, take things and not to remember just the spirit of where it comes right. from. And so I feel like elementals are the quote unquote spirits of the elements or the things that we come from. The things that sustain us right, and keep right. us living on a daily basis. Without that, we wouldn't survive. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And back to the guy that you saw and seemed to be so real, you weren't scared. You were frightened for him because you didn't want him to get hit by a car. It wasn't a scary experience, it sounds like. No, not at all. I thought he was a human. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I thought he was a trespasser. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm screaming at this dude like a crazy person. Yeah. I'm calling the cops, get out of here, you know, that kind of thing. And then once I realized that there was nobody there and Lonnie and I had this realization of we have just had that moment together. It made it even more real that we were seeing and experiencing the same thing. Um, It kind of bonded us together. We had a lot of deep talks about things like that. No, I had zero fear of him. It was more of how did this just happen? And that drive to get up that night and keep pushing and try to catch something else. And right. it's it's a beautiful place. Paranormal investigating doesn't have to be scary. It can be a really beautiful experience. And that was one of those experiences. And, you know, that's kind of what I also wanted to talk to my listeners about. It's not always about, you know, scary, scary or evil or the devil or anything like that. It's really just, you know, seeing someone that looks just like you and I, we're not scared and then all of a sudden you realize he wasn't really there. If he was, he was a spirit. And then going, there is something beyond what we do. There is something beyond this world. And there's proof, you know. There has been such a trend on whether it's social media or television to make the paranormal scary. We want to have those jump scare moments, right? Yeah, Something's right. going to jump out and it's going to get you. And We've had those more frightening experiences, not frightening because I thought it was going to harm me, but just frightened because it caught me off guard. You're not expecting it. And it doesn't have to be that. And there's, if there's anything that anybody takes away from this, it's really remember that what you see on TV, a lot of it is dramatized. Mm, That's not what a paranormal investigation looks like 99 times out of a hundred And some of it can be really beautiful and profound and life and mind altering. Just don't put it in a box, right? Oh, yeah. You know me and my boxes. I don't like putting anything in a box. (laughs) We're not putting anything in any boxes anywhere. Everything outside of the box, like Taco Bell, right? It's all outside of the box. (laughs) Hey, that sounds really good right now. (laughs) But so, you know, I have to ask you this, though. When you investigate and you're dealing with maybe children, you know, like you said on this last one, um, that would pull in my heartstrings a little bit, you know, because when you have a child that you think might uh, either visit or be stuck there, it just makes you go as a, as a mother, you're a mother. I just, how do you feel about that kind of stuff? Is that something you've encountered in you know, many child spirits? So, you know, that's a tough one because children do pass, right? Yes. And and the energy of those children can stay in those places, yeah. I do feel like, because maybe they didn't know anywhere else. But I've also had experiences over the years, even with passing of, of some of my own family members, that I don't feel like when we pass, we are stuck to what our earthbound age was right. when we move on to where we go. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like we have the ability to shift our age, to shift our mindset. We could be older. We could be younger. Maybe they're just going back to that time period that really made them happy. Maybe they're reliving something that was really joyous. You know, it's just a sad fact that a lot of these places that we've been in where the history is so rich, Mm -hmm. children have passed in those places. It does tug on your heartstrings. You want to know that they're okay. But I have yet to encounter one that I felt like wasn't okay. Because most of the time it it was just very positive Mm -hmm. if they are interacting. There are a lot of different pieces of equipment that we've taken with us over the years. A lot of them have, you know, these bright flashing lights. And I think if there's a kid here, go play with that toy, right? Right. This is something that maybe you didn't have in your era. Go play with this. Be happy in this moment. And if you want to talk to us, talk. If not, just be happy wherever you are right now. I love that. See, that's, that's so nice because, you know, they're never going to respond to you if you're like, do this and perform for me for this and do all the things and let's get it on camera and let's sensationalize every part of this. Right. Spirits aren't dancing monkeys. You, you can't, you can't command something to do what you want it to do. And because, you know, if it is the spirit or the energy of people who have passed, I wouldn't want somebody coming into my house and being like, Yo, talk to me right now. Do this, do that. Go upstairs and slam that door. No, this is my house. You can go in. You can get out, right? That's the thing. Be respectful. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever gone somewhere where you were just scared out of your mind and you're like, this place, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if something bad happened here and just there's bad energy and it just doesn't feel good. Have you ever had that experience? I have. And believe it or not. Okay. So when we started doing paranormal investigating years back, We did a lot of residential investigations. So we would actually go into people's homes who would contact us and say, you know, I have this, that, and the third going on. Will you come in and see what's going on? Mm. Don't get me wrong. We had a whole battery of questions that we would ask people before we would go in. We would ask them to be very honest with us. We were going to ask them things that probably they wouldn't normally be comfortable telling a stranger. But remember that this is all done in anonymity. And we're trying to help you find answers. The places that have caught me the most off guard like that are usually residentials. And there was one in particular, um, no names because, you know, the family did not want anybody to know that this was happening. But this was an elderly couple Mm. who reached out to us. I mean, in their 70s and said, we've been in this house for 40 years and something has driven us out. These people left their home. What? Moved into an apartment and asked us to come investigate and try to get some answers. And to this day, we still don't have solid answers Mm -hmm. as to what these people were experiencing. But some of the things that happened to us there Mm -hmm. and the things that they relayed to us were a little off-putting. It's the only time that I have ever had a Catholic priest come in and bless a home. Really? Because at the time, yeah, at the time, the couple was on the fence about whether or not they came back to this house, which, and I think this could go back to it, again, talking about energy, their house had been part of a church. Mm-hmm. It was the parsonage. And at some point, part of the church, this is what they told us, and, and we could substantiate all this through history, through historical records. They just didn't exist. Okay. Part of the church was demolished. 
the rest that was this parsonage was moved to another property. And so this family had completely renovated this to make it their own. When they started tearing out drywall, they found Bibles and things hidden in the walls that they still had. Okay. And their main concerns were that they were being touched and groped and had, uh, they were feeling physically ill. They had the apparition of a man who was in almost like a black uniform that was coming to this. And a lot of this happened in an area around their bedroom. Wow. And so we went in there and did an investigation and didn't have a lot of things happen in that moment. We were just kind of like, it's a little mundane. Right. We got home. And once we start looking through pictures and combing through EVPs, there were so many different things that we captured, including half of an image of that man in that dark uniform that they had seen. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so the family had actually asked us, do you know any preachers? They weren't really super religious, Mm -hmm. but just someone who would come in and perform some type of a blessing because they were on the fence about whether or not they moved back in. And we did, we reached out to a member of the clergy and we were there for the cleansing. And when all was said and done, they decided to sell the home. They never moved back. Oh, wow. Was this going on for the whole 40 years or did it just start getting worse? What, what was going on that made it worse? And that was the strange thing. And so you go into these kind of life altering moments of has anyone in the house been sick? Yeah. Are you, um, are you taking any yeah. new medications? Yeah. Have, have there been any life altering moments mm-hmm. that would have been a before this happened and after this happened? Yeah. They told us no. Um, and you know, that's, that's really difficult to determine because we didn't know the people personally, but it was enough to make this 70 year old couple move out of their lifelong home. And I talked to them later and they did sell the house. And I asked, I said, did, did you ever talk to the people? Have they experienced anything? And Mm -hmm. he said, I don't know when we sold it, we washed our hands of it. And that was it. Mm -hmm. And, And they've never experienced anything since then. Like it didn't hopefully follow them, that kind of thing. Not exactly. Uh So they did call us some years later and say that they were having some experiences again and were asking us for. So then you go back to are places haunted or can people be haunted? I think people can be. And when you dabble in things, and I'm not saying that's at all what they did, but I do know if you end up doing things or not even realizing you're doing it, um, things can get attached to you, even if it's just antiques you buy. You know, I mean, or a quick little remodel and then all of a sudden they're mad at you, you leave Well, they're going to stick around and torture you because you did something wrong to them. I don't even know how it works, but. Or some of these people are, we've talked about psychic energy and Mm. are only some people psychic or is everybody a little bit psychic or, you know, do we walk that line? I definitely think that everybody has the ability if you really want to, to tap into the other side. It takes some practice. It's like riding a bicycle, whether it's meditation or reading or journaling, you have to, you have to be able to know how to open your own senses. But I think some people have a more keen ability and do it maybe and don't even know it. I suspect that somebody in that family had a much deeper ability than they let on. And that that maybe the activity wasn't so frightening 
as it was misunderstood. That's a great point. No, it really is, especially if this just doesn't interest you and all of a sudden you're getting all these things and it could travel down in families. Like if you have a psychic grandparent or a mom or a dad or whatever, you can do it and maybe they don't believe in it. Therefore you don't believe in it. And you're wondering why they're picking on you. And you're like, well, because you got abilities. (laughs) Absolutely. Right. And so when we talk about, I talked about my family lineage before my maternal grandfather had a very deep connection with And he always called me by my great-grandmother's name, which was Josephine. And especially as I got a little bit older, he would call me, he would refer to me as Josephine. And I never understood it until our, you know, his later years and some things that happened between us. Apparently, great-grandmother Josephine and her sisters were kind of considered granny witches in their area, right? Which were the people that were a little bit woo-woo. Yeah, And kind of were, you know, a lot of times they were the quote unquote medicine men of their, they were the midwives. They were people that you would call when you needed something, but there was that little bit of spirituality behind it. And so I think a lot of that does run deep. It can carry through familial traits and maybe people don't even realize it. Right. And especially if you don't believe it or don't want to believe it, um, it can wreak havoc. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, how, but you know what, I don't know if you had a conversation with them about this or that, or if it even got to that point where you said, listen, you know, maybe you should look into yourself or something you did or something you bought. Um, Did you ever ask them those things? We did. Yeah. And again, you know, they were an elderly couple. They just They didn't want to kind of really dive deep into a lot of it, but just the basic questions, have you ever dabbled in black magic or anything? You know what? And even witchcraft of different sorts, I don't even care about that, right? Right. I think there's a level of quote unquote witchcraft that's very beautiful, again, because it's almost elemental. But when you start saying keywords like that, people will shut you down in a heartbeat. Oh, no, I know they will. Oh, yeah. Yes. And so, and especially that generation, I felt like that we were dealing with in that case specifically, it was an almost every answer to any of our questions was no, no, we don't know why this is happening. Okay. And you know what? Maybe they really didn't. Yeah. But yeah. I really yeah. felt like it went a level deeper than this house is haunted and we don't know why. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. There's there's something maybe they just weren't comfortable talking about. And I get that, you know, but let me ask you something. So let's talk about your podcast. It's called Serial Spirits. Tell me what you do. Tell me uh, what kind of episode you have for a, a new listener. So Serial Spirits is this mashup of all of those like unsolved mystery stories mm-hmm. that we loved so much growing up. Yes. It's paranormal and our experiences as paranormal investigators it's cryptids ufos a little bit of conspiracy theory it's true crime it's missing persons cases it's all of those stories that keep us up at night and leave us wandering and that we want to discuss with people Mm -hmm. and so when you listen to serial spirits you're going to get a real mashup of all of that i like to think that it has something for a little bit of every different crowd Right. And uh, we love doing it. it. It's become another one of our passions. And um, yeah, we just, we love doing it. Right. Well, you and Shay do it so well and you guys vibe so well together. And seriously, you're one of my favorite podcasts and I love your delivery. I love the things you talk about in every single episode in my mind. I love every single one. And also you got something kind of fun coming up in August. Tell my listeners what you got coming up. 
Oh my gosh. So <laughs> Jerry and Tracy Polly, bless yes. their hearts yes. of hillbilly horror yes. stories, for some reason have asked us to be a part <laughs> of their sixth anniversary show that is taking place at a new kind of haunt that everybody has seen on TV. It's the old hospital on College Hill in Williamson, West Virginia. Yes. Now, this is my neck of the woods, right? Right. I remember the old Williamson Memorial Hospital when it was still functioning. Really? I mean, yes. Wow. And so when they kind of opened it up to the public over the last year, year and a half maybe, Shay and I had the opportunity to go back there last summer mm -hmm. with a group of people and investigate for the first time. We had a great night. And so when Jerry texted me and asked us to be a part of this event, I said, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Would love to go back there with you guys. Want to get in that building again. We want to tell people some stories. August the 20th. So if anybody would like to meet us out there, we would love to see you. It's going to be a really fun show. And then after the show, you get to tour the hospital. That, see, that's so cool. You know, Jerry and Tracy are the reason I'm a podcaster. We all know that. Or at least if yes, you don't know it, you know it now. And they're the best people, the best hearted people I, I know in the business. And I know a lot of people and they are just amazing. So I'm so happy you're going to do this with them because they came to Dallas last year. And yeah. we did a, a podcast, you know, we did my podcast and their podcast. And it was so much fun. And lots of people came out and we just had a blast. So I know it's going to be fantastic for you and Shay. Now is it just the two of you guys or other podcasters are going to be there as well? So far, it's just us. It's just going to be Hillbilly Horror Stories and Serial Spirits. And so we'll do our best to tell everybody our creepiest stories. Literally, I was laying in bed the other night kind of going through my list of, okay, what kind of story do I want to tell? Do I want right. to tell a couple of short stories? Do I go paranormal? Do I go true crime? Do I do a mix? Yeah. So if anybody is listening and has any listener suggestions, this is something we're going to throw out uh, on Serial Spirits in the next few weeks. Absolutely. If there are stories that anybody would like to hear us tell at that event or just even on the podcast, yeah. reach out to us. Yeah. We love to hear from people. We are always open that's why we do this is to bring stories like that to people. Absolutely. And what I'll do is I'll link your podcast in my show notes. And so people can listen to it and then they can get all the information from you. I don't, do you have your own website as well, Annie? We do not. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on at serial spirits, or you can find my personal Instagram. It's at Annie underscore weebs. So you can reach us at any of those places. We also have an email address, serialspirits at AOL.com. Okay. If anybody would want to reach out to us personally that does not do social media. Right. Okay. And I can actually add that on my show notes as well. So people can tell you their stories and stuff, because I'm so excited that I had you on my show. You're always so much fun. And I love your take on things because your take on it is just to me so right and it's not in a box it stays away from the box and we get out there and we go a little woo on it but we get we get to the nitty-gritty really well and I think I think it's spot on I just do well you know everybody's rendition of paranormal investigating is different right and with all the investigators that I've worked with in all the different places over the years it's really that beautiful mashup of different people and different opinions that have made it so beautiful over the years, yes. too. It's not just the dead 
who have had this impact on our lives. It's the living people that we've met at some of these locations that we share the same passions and similar beliefs. Maybe not the same, but to share those with each other has really been a life-altering experience Mm, for me. mm. So it goes past just ghost hunting and really learning about yourself. No, it's true. And what is beyond this, what we have hope for after this. And and that's what paranormal investigating has become in the long run. And so that's, yeah, that's my take on all of it. No, and when you are around other people that do what you do and you all compare notes and you all are open-minded and lovely to one another, you're going to learn. You're going to learn a lot more and you're going to evolve a lot more when you can stay open-minded and go, you know what? I never thought about it that way, but it makes sense. And it rings true a lot. Right. It's about sharing those experiences and learning from each other and taking that and moving forward, being able to help other people who may not understand it. Sure, sure. And if we could just have the world be like that a little bit more, wouldn't that be lovely? Right. Can't everybody (laughs) just be paranormal investigators in that sense, I guess. Be nice to each other, y'all. Why is it so hard? <laughs> I know why we have to make it so hard. But no, Annie, thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to add all of your information on my show notes. You have been a delight. Thank you so much, honey. It is always a pleasure, Lizzie. Thank you so much. Well, I love providing because I want to know at no cost. So if you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review or you can just buy me a cup of coffee. It's kind of like a Patreon, but you don't have a monthly subscription and you can give whatever you feel led to give. I am a one-woman show and I do all of my scheduling and my interviewing and my editing. So just know your support is so greatly appreciated. And one more thing, I am a paranormal romance novelist and you can find all of my books on Amazon. Just look up my name. I'm very easy to find. Thank you guys again and I will see you next week.